Howdy, Ags. Welcome to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast powered by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M that is dedicated to highlighting fast-growing Aggie entrepreneurs, learning how they overcame growth challenges with creative hacks, and connecting them with other entrepreneurs in the Aggie network. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. And I'm your other host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Whoop! We got a little story for you, Ags. This is actually part two of the Aggie Growth Hacks COVID-19 Masterclass, where we have brought together Derek Ratliff with Horizon Firearms, Robert Sheets with Odin Heavy Industries, and Jack Perry with Doorstep Digital. And these three amazing Aggie entrepreneurs shared with us how COVID-19 has impacted their business, how they are dealing with the challenges that they're now facing, and how they're actually growing their business in this crazy environment. So pass it back and listen to Derek, Robert, and Jack as they share some really good bull about their companies. So as a transition, <laughs> and we all talked about this, and you all talked about this, what has changed in this time, and, and really, so what I want to really dig into here and really a little bit fine-tune, a little bit more, what are you not going to bring back? What whole divisions, what, what uh, positions, what... And anything goes here, right? What are you just straight up just not going to do anymore that you were doing pre-COVID? And let's start with uh, Robert this time. Well, putting me on the spot here. <laughs> so I think basically what we're not going to do and what we're not going to bring back is, it goes back to this, if you need something, you need to have it. Or you need to make sure that that's something that's absolutely necessary. Don't take anything for granted. So I'm sorry, I'm not giving something extremely specific here, but that is what, what we're bringing back. And additionally, one thing that I've tried to not bring back is having days where we have low energy in our office as well. Like that's really important to keep energy levels up with people because you can get into this cycle of not being mindful of how that affects everyone and you know what you're able to accomplish. So that's definitely something that I'm not going to allow to come back is any days where we have low energy. We've got to step it up every day. So, so Robert, how do, you, how do you do that? How do you maintain uh, the, the right level of energy without being a, a valley girl cheerleader, you know, without being fake about it? Um, and because and, at some point, rah-rah just becomes, yeah, 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 it's, it's, yeah whatever, yeah. Rah, walk away. So, right. Yeah. So I, I think you, you just, you're honest. So, uh, for example, this morning, you know, it was rainy outside and everyone was kind of seemed like they were dragging around and we have a meeting every morning where we gather everyone up and we talk about, you know, any mistakes that we made, the improvements that people have made to get us started for the day. And one thing we implemented is to try to get some sort of something inspirational or something uh, knowledgeable at the beginning. And then if I'm still thinking the energy level is low, I'll just, you know, flat out talk to people and say like, hey, you know, we don't have very much energy today. What do you guys think that we can do to make that better right now? So, you know, again, handing it off to my employees to get them to help with that so that it's not just me pouring my energy into the situation, that other people are helping us all to bring it up. Because you know, if you've got 20 employees, then at least someone there has probably got something positive to talk about to be the cheerleader that we all need that particular day. Very cool. Again, going back to the we're a family and we're going to celebrate and pick each other. Absolutely. That's cool. Jack, how about you? We had a, let's say an employee situation and, and we, and it was time to part ways. Uh, and that happened in, in uh, April. And so that was something, uh, some things have been going on and we kind of overlooked, but COVID that brought a lot of truth to light. And so we 
one particular instance just was too much to, to continue to ignore. And, and so you, you do, it is, it is a bit of a truth serum or truth moment. COVID, this whole past like, four months, whatever it's been, has been a real moment of truth for a lot of people. And, and so in terms of processes and systems, we operate real thin in many ways. I mean, I use contract workers overseas for a lot of things. I use, um, you know, and, and I use, um, you know, we have one full-time employee in Houston where we don't have long-term agreements. And I think people that have had that have had to either renegotiate those agreements or, you know, they just stop paying. They just tell the landlord, uh, you're not going to get your money or, or you'll get a little money or something like that, you know? And, and um, so we always, we always operate pretty lean. So if we can, there's one thing we've done well that we're not having to, to totally take a second look at is keeping things fairly lean as we are. And then we're actually looking at some different spaces of businesses who we know their industry can be really hammered and we want to expand a little bit. And, and um, you know, I use our space for uh, what's going to be the equivalent of two, maybe three businesses, our family businesses. So we, we share, my wife uses it for her math tutoring business and because it's, it's in a nice area of Houston where it's easy, parking's easy. So that, that's a long answer for the, what did we cut? I cut a person. And it's good. He, I think he's a lot happier. That's got to be so difficult, even even in the best of times. But for you to to realize, look, it, if it's you're the right person is not in the right seat, then we're doing you a disservice, and and we're doing my business a disservice. Right. This stuff, Derek. Right, I'm gonna give you two answers here. Now I got a chance to think about it. Answer one, like like um, Jack mentioned. I mean, just the. Looking at what can be contract labor, right? So we moved a marketing position out and I've kind of taken over that role, which is really, you know, the part that I enjoy the most anyhow, right? That's kind of what got me into this this piece anyway. And so looking at that and then contracting out and seeing in marketing as more of a variable <laughs> expense, like true variable expense than uh, any part of it being fixed. So, you know, we're going to leave it that way as that way I'm a little more in touch closer to the customer, which is kind of where we felt like, you know, kind of got us here anyway, right? And then on the second thing, I think that not relying on other vendors is a big push that we're kind of pushing through. So COVID was able to show you where the holes were, right? So like with one of our product lines, we get one specific component that's made in you know California, right? Which has had all kinds of a crazy uh, effect on the flow that we get on that product. And so we are working super diligently to bring that entire process in-house. So that, you I mean, it's like, hey, that's blatantly obvious that that's a hole. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So, so does that require an investment in your company? Uh, obviously, in training, in equipment, in hiring. Yep. So we're, you know, we're, you know, blessed in the sense that you know we have a, a, a big backing, but we have a really mobile team. And so, uh, in, in terms of like like what Robert's talking about, you know, huddle board meetings in the morning, and and really understanding what's the priority and action plans, and doing and that whole kind of piece. And so we were able to get quickly like understand the science of what they're doing. And then now it's all about trying to figure out how to scale it, right? You know, whether that's acquisitions or that's uh, adding on process. So that is something we're working towards. I mean, right the second the machine's running parts in the back so we can kind of start moving that. Okay, that that's great. So I heard, Jack, I'm, I'm going to come to you first. And you you've alluded to this twice now. So we talked about one thing that you're not going to do because of COVID. What is one or two or three things that you are going to keep doing? Jack, you've started at least one business. So what, COVID lasts for another two months, you're going to pop out another three businesses? Uh, you, you laugh, 
we both will scare my wife with those talk, that kind of talk. <laughs> well, I think she started the yoga business, right? So that's kind of her fault. <laughs> no, it's me. It's, that's oh, me. it's you. Yeah, that's my passion is yoga. She doesn't do it. I do it. Uh, it's actually been the best sport, physical fitness thing I've ever done for my spiritual and mental health and, and physical health. I used to run a lot of triathlons. I just mostly do yoga and I swim. Um, but I, I jog a lot less because that's kind of hard on your knees. And so you know, I'm 43 now. And so yoga has been amazing for keeping me sharp and productive and, and calm. You know, I feel like if all of us entrepreneurs, we got a lot of energy. And so if we could just be calm and focused, we can hit the, hit the singles, doubles, triples, and grand slams we need to hit to, to be a success. And so I have a lot of interesting, uh, things that we've started within the wellness business where we're going to sell three products to start with and we're going to offer yoga, outdoor yoga classes. That's kind of the basic thing for that. And um, it's a passion hobby. You know, it's kind of like I told my team, I said, I signed up my first three people for my yoga uh, class. They signed up for a month. They liked me. I said, woo, I got a, I got a job. And they, they all laughed like, you know, I'm the head of the company and I say like, I, you know, so I really, but I truly, I put down goals. It was, it is my goal for me to, phase myself out of operations more and more and push that to the, my employees for some kind of personal reasons. And, and I've just felt a pull to keep pushing this towards my employees and, and give, give them opportunities to make more money. And, and I'll still be involved with large projects and in some of the marketing direction, kind of like Derek. Uh, we, we don't have a full-time marketing person. Uh, that's, that's generally me because my specialty has been in, the, in social media and getting content and things like that. And, and so, yeah, look, there's a lot of cool things we're doing in the wellness space to try to keep people out of hospitals, um, which, which came to light real big, real loud and clear with COVID. Everybody's scared of a hospital, scared of getting sick. And, and um, I don't have that fear. I'm not, you know, our bodies are meant to fight viruses and even even nasty ones. So I take a very bold kind of approach for this COVID. We were not, as a family, we're not scared. We try to be respectful of people when we're out there. But, um, you know, I lived in Belleville for a little bit of about a month because I was doing some business there. And, and those those farm towns, they don't have any of the, the city slicker problems, masks and stuff like that. They're wearing masks, but they're not near as uptight as the inner city. That's great. You know, adding a business is a good thing to have this, this kind of kind of come out of COVID. Uh, Derek, what about y'all? What is one opportunity that you see coming out of? Out of this I time? mean, to piggyback off of that, we're looking like hard at acquisition. Like I think you and I talked a little bit about that you know, almost weekly, both in like in our space and sort of like, uh, you know, piggyback type businesses. Because the way we look at it is pretty convinced that there's a lot of good businesses out there that just weren't set up you know, cash wise, they weren't set up and ready for all this. So it doesn't make them a bad business, right? Um, but it makes for a really good opportunity for people who like who are looking for that. And so, um, you know, we're trying to, uh, actually, before we got on this, I was emailing a guy back and forth trying to get financials and stuff on another one and just looking for that right fit. And then, you know, just trying to make sure that you're fishing in the right pond, right? So that's it's kind of our theme right now is, you know, like like I think, uh, Jack, you mentioned it. It's like having, where's your singles and where's your grand slams? You know, but you also need some doubles in there too. So it's like trying to figure out and not getting caught up. Like our, one of our guys had said it the other day, is like, you, you only have one fishing pole, right? But, and you can't put it in every pond at the same time, you know, so it's trying to figure out, you know, do I need to get my single set up first or is this Grand Sam actually, you know, closer than my single right now and prioritizing some of that, formally prioritizing it. 
So I'm just curious. You know, it sounds like, and I didn't realize this that that you've got a family enterprise that that you're part of. So that's got to be some really interesting dynamics. It is as, <laughs> as you're going to acquire. You know. So Robert, I think I think <laughs> anything you want to add on that. <laughs> My brother and I are in business together. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't like business partners. You know, <laughs> I love my brother, but I would never advise someone to take on a business partner, especially at a 50-50 cut. That's a terrible idea. But yeah, family and business, it's, it's, it can be very tough. Yeah, we've, it's grown a lot over the last few years, but it's it's a tough thing to do for sure. But it, but it has, like I said, it definitely has its you know, uh, perk. So like, for example, with Horizon, my youngest brother and I started like really Horizon and everything. And we merged in with, you know, Casper Companies, which is, you know, really uh, my brother-in-law's in charge of, of all that, you know, fifth generation. And so it comes with this like responsibility of legacy piece to not be the, you know, fifth generation that doesn't pass it down to the sixth, right? <laughs> but at the same time, like I think, like what you're saying is you wouldn't have it in a way because I think like, in the lean environment, it brings an honesty that you have to have, right? So it's, it's a more natural honesty environment. Yeah, there's definitely a trust and honesty component of it that I mean, you know, I, I just, I don't think you get without having someone that's family. I couldn't imagine having a business with a partner that wasn't someone that was family. I just, I don't see how I could trust someone that much, you know? So especially if there's a dispute, it's like, well, oh, we better yeah. figure this out because mom and dad aren't going to let us both sit at Thanksgiving <laughs> and right. be, yeah. be fighting over this. That's right. So what about you, Rob? Is there any opportunities that, that you and your team have seen? Um, I know you talked about how to become more lean in your day-to-day operations, but is there is there anything that you're like, wow, this is a really good opportunity for us to do X? Yeah, I think so. There's been some other industries that we've tried to get our foot in the door in for a long time. And I think that anytime there's a crisis like this, people are wanting to, you know, refine supply chain, bring stuff in from overseas if that's been a risk for them. And that can, that can lend you some success. Uh, we've tried to double down on some development work that we've been doing on new product lines and things like that. That's, you know, we put a lot of effort into that as of late as well. So there's definitely a lot of opportunity out there. Anytime there is something hard, I think I told you guys I'm a pretty big fan of Jocko Willick. He wrote this book, Extreme Ownership. Highly recommend it to anyone. Love it. He's got a yeah. He's got a pod. Yeah, he's got a podcast as well. And it's the title of the podcast is um, the segment is good. Okay, and what Jocko would do is anytime someone would um, come to him with a problem, like okay, we didn't get funded for this gear. And you just say, good, you know, we got to figure out a way around that. And I think that that's a, that's a pretty important skill to develop is a situation is what you make of it and what you just, de- how you decide to take it. So I think a lot of the things that have happened from COVID have been positive for an overall business sense. They make you a better business. And that seems to be the common thread that I'm hearing from all three of you. Us as entrepreneurs, we make our own destiny, right? We own it. So why not? If, if we need to go this direction, let's go this direction. If there's something in the way, then we move around it, right? And I, I absolutely love that because me as an entrepreneur, I do that on a daily basis, you know? I eat up challenges and spit them out, right? So along those lines, we've talked all this time about all of these challenges that, that we've met. What about your BHAG? All three of you had your, your big, hairy, audacious goals that were set. You know, we talked about it. And at, at this point with Jack, I think that was like, you know, seven, eight months ago. And that seems like an eternity now. What is your big, hairy, audacious goal now? What's your BHAG now? 
has it has COVID changed it? And let's start with Derek on this one. That's tough, man. It, it, you know, because like you said, on the um, you know we call it PDCA, right? Plan, do, check, and adjust. And you're con- you know always doing that, right? And so you know, from a big time goal wise, like we still are looking at trying to double revenue on a lot of our companies. And that's been a big, big push for us. And so, you know, one area is, okay, we want 15% more profitability here, but on, on these particular groups, we want to figure out how to double revenue. And that, and, but instead of 12 months, let's put, you know, we're really looking at 18 months, right? And so, and now, you know, really putting the, the goggles on of, you know, some of that might come through acquisition, right? So it's, it's, and it's timing, right? So it's how fast can we really put the pedal down on some of the stuff and move? Because, you know, we've been really been looking at our business and I, I think where we struggle the most is not so much you know on the on the sales aspect or really on the production aspect but it's how fast can we go from you know concept to execution and then trying to shorten that gap a little bit you know whether it be acquisitions or whether it be through new sales channels but I mean, we're keeping it the same like I say we're kind of giving us ourselves about a six month <laughs> additional breathing room but uh, still trying to keep the focus the same so so the adjustment that you're making is it just in a function of hey look this is an unknown environment so so we're not going to hold ourselves to 15% all right maybe we'll do 14 and a half Right. And so it's kind of like saying, I mean, you know, from big goal wise, it's like, this is really where we want to be. But then the environmental factors are changing all the time. So the basket example I gave, right? So that particular department was more or less contract, uh, you know, this kind of basket or that kind of basket. And then it was, okay, now is use lean, formulate a cell so we can make 7,000 baskets a week, right? So it's an opportunity that didn't exist, but then it was able to really, really help revenue. And you don't, like right now, I think even more than ever, you don't really know where those things are coming from, right? So back going to the pond example, like for us, we have a, a goal of so many uh, sales uh, in this new e-commerce platform daily. So that's going to be our you know, our singles. And then, you know, we have one big OEM and then kind of one major OEM. So we've, we've identified our Grand Slam, our double and our singles. And now it's, you know, trying to work through that the best you can. And, and you know, it, with all this stuff, you, you do the best you can. You, you get home and you look and you wonder where you started at the beginning of the day and how far you moved. And then, you know, hope that the next day you don't start at the same spot you started the day before, right? <laughs> so, I mean. That's the truth. It's, uh, it's, always, it's always fun. Keeps you on your toes, right? How about so, you, Jack? So we, I probably have a, have a big, hairy, audacious goal like for each company. And so we wanted to do some expansion franchise sales for Doorstep Digital. And we're, we're, um, we really haven't done much with that. We're really focused on just keep, make, keeping making money in the t- cities we're in. It's not been the time for expansion in that business in my eyes. And so we, we pulled back on that a little bit. Although we, we took a couple steps to do some virtual franchise. They had some virtual franchise conventions that were going on. We saw that as, a, as an inexpensive way to maybe uh, get our name out there for, for business opportunities in different cities. So that's Doorstep Digital. The big hairy goal with, with Rise Yoga and Wellness, we that's a that's a brand that we feel like we can scale worldwide, but not in a hurry to do that. You know, we want to take care of people and grow profitably right from the get-go. You know, we've found that we don't have to buy a retail space to get that going. As long as we have a devoted group who, who likes our style of yoga and wellness and we take care of them and, and offer them something as good or better or more unique than a health club would offer. We just keep growing lean in that perspective until we get an opportunity to take over a retail space of a failed business. That's what we're really holding out for is there's, there's going to be a lot unfortunate situations that we just, as business owners, we just need to be a little patient. Or you just wait until August in Houston, Texas, and then you can just go into hot yoga and just do that outside. 
you, Greg and Hunt and Chris, and of course, Derek and Robert, y'all are all invited. Whenever you're in the Houston area, come with me. I'll help you dangle upside down, get the blood. <laughs> and the girl that came into my class last week, she came in with this crick on her neck. She's the owner of a construction company. And she came in, she goes, I had a crick. And then midway through the class, she said, it's gone. So it's a real fulfilling thing for me. It's really not a huge moneymaker at this point, but I just, I believe in the power of the body. I'm really kind of disturbed at all the fear out there right now, how people just believe that the body needs fixing and we need masks and stuff. I kind of go the opposite way. I think we need a lot of oxygen. You know, all the creation that God has made is for us and our bodies are meant to, to go with it, even in the face of difficult viruses, difficult things like yeah. I love uh, I love the Rise Yoga idea so far. So it's it's definitely we're down in Houston. Thank you. Join my group, my friend. Yeah. Rise Wellness at Rise Wellness. Nice. Okay. Well, do I'm, I'm definitely going to look into that. Hey, Robert. Okay. So what's your uh, BHAG? What was it before, and is it going to change, or has it changed? So ours, mine has not changed. We want to be the the best world's best plastics manufacturer. How we can support our customers and do that, I think, has has definitely changed. I've had to do a lot of reflecting. Why? If we don't have someone as a customer, why is that? That seems like a really simple thing to ask yourself, but sometimes it's a lot more complicated and, and or at least I, you know, we tend to make it more complicated as a person, I think. And, but it, it has not changed at all. Still got that, that focus. That's where we want to be. We want to be known as the best and that's where you go and just everyone, there's no reason to not come to us. And I've been trying to figure out, you know, what are those things? Where are we lacking in that? What do we need to improve now in order to get there? So That's great. And I think that at some level, you have to, as an entrepreneur, as the CEO, you've got to understand the difference between tactical thinking and strategic thinking. And strategic thinking, you know, I, I don't have the courage to be an entrepreneur, but I go back to my army days and thinking, okay, that is the 5, 10, 15, 20 year goals and how we achieve those may change but really unless unless you are making buggy whips and the car comes out there's not a fundamental shift in that strategic thinking and that that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs have a challenge that they they stay so deep in the weeds that they can't think tactically but i think that all three of you are really focused on that so okay well let's uh let's roll real quickly into the lightning round you guys have just been dropping some amazing value bombs and um just want to kind of go through these again these are these are relatively quick hits um, that we go through. Uh, what is one of your your favorite hacks? You know, t- a technology hack or a, a mindset hack, a health hack. You know, Jack. Uh, what is something that you guys are consistently going back to and saying this is bringing me value as I live out my life as a as a CEO as an entrepreneur? Uh, Derek, Derek, we'll start with you. Sorry. So I mean, right now I'm a big kick on. Uh Action plans, like Gantt chart-based action plans, not only for the business, but also for our family and for our kids and, you know, trying to uh, establish, you know, real timeframes and and, uh, you'll make sure that you're actually progressing and you can see it very visual on a simple Google chart. X's and you know start dates and finish dates. Does that help with your son? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, it's like you know, it's, it's it's things like trying to assess what school we're going to or what we're doing with baseball. And it's like you know, there's there's key dates that you just got to make decisions in order to to see uh, you know what's what's kind of going on in, in the future, right? So if you miss those, everything just keeps getting pushed back. And I think if you can see it all and spend an hour, you know forty five minutes a week, hour a week, just really detailing. Like uh, best example would be like, hey, if I said you needed to get to Vegas today, you know, great. 
how would you create an action plan to do that? Well, you know, you could walk there, you could drive there. Well, if you drive there, you're going to have to get gas or, or you got to rent a car. Like, so it's trying to really fix those steps in your mind that aren't the big pieces, but the minute pieces that actually get you there, personal life and business life. It's not easy, Great. but it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 100% agree with you on, on that. Uh, that's one of my favorite things to do as well. With Even with my kids, I've got a 15-year-old uh, who is on his way to becoming an Eagle Scout. Nice. And he's an Eagle Scout rifle right now. All right. Nice. <laughs> he is three merit badges away. And his, his project, and that's it. And so he and I sit down once a week, and we go through what I call blocking and tackling, right? We block out his week, and he tackles each day, you know, and so forth. And that's exactly what I do in my business and with my employees, and as well as my personal time. So not meaning to hijack that, but I want to have a Makes me feel that. not crazy, right? No, no, it's not. <laughs> because that's the only way that if, if you don't block it out, how is it important, yeah. right? Exactly. Robert, how about you? Yeah, I, I really agree with that. Having a lot of structure to your life and having something you can point to every single day that I did this or we got this done is incredibly important. And having a goal and where you're going to go, that is that is great. I'm, mine was going to be just, I've successfully gotten my wife to buy into some of my crazy improvements. And we've been doing, you know, we've been having missions every weekend, you know, every day to try to make improvements around our house as well to make our life a little bit easier and a little bit better. I had done this kind of not so formally in the past, but yeah, we've taken that on and that's that's real similar to, to getting an action plan and to, you know, making a goal and to getting there and just breaking it up into those small little chunks. Like, how do we do that? How do we make our lives easier? How do we reduce the stress that we don't even know is there? That's great. Jack? Yeah, so my, all my hacks revolve around wellness. I'll, I'll pull them out to say as a visual. This is a product from Young Living. It's called Nixia Oil. It's from, you like it? Oh, I, I drink at least four ounces of that every day. This is the bomb. Yep. Okay, so this will help you detox. This is what I just, this is like a, like it's a go thing. If you don't, anyone on this thing, if you want one of these, I'm going to ship you one because it's the bomb. It not cheap, not inexpensive, but worth it. So this is number one. It's a product from Young Living. It's, it's a wool berry from China and it's just take care of if we can take care of our bodies everything else will go go smooth uh second product that we we actually are going to resell this through the wellness is um alkaline water pouch and so you can put this in any water bottle and it's beautiful it's just rocks delicately selected that ph balance any tap water because as we know our tap water is all messed up so you can put tap water in here and then the packet comes in this, and you just you just open it, put it in your water, and you get 300 drinks of pH-balanced water. You know, if you're drinking acidic water, your body's acidic, you're a more susceptible to diseases, cancers, things like that. If you have more alkaline, balanced body, you can perform better, you're more relaxed. And so this has helped me tremendously, and I want to keep sharing this with my friends and family. And then, of course, CBD products, huge this is the oils and, uh, and even in some intense situations, mm-hmm. um, I'm an advocate for, for the flower, the legal in Texas flower uh, smoking. If you're in some intense uh, stress or anxiety or sleep, CBD is incredible. It's going to put all those pill-popping businesses out of business. Uh, you'll, you'll watch in two to seven years. You're going, to see, you're going to see all those pills go away in favor of CBD products. So those three products are my hacks, kind of my nutrition hacks for Those detoxing. Love it. Love it. And and I'd add fish oil to that list right there. 
right, is take a, a fish oil supplement for your heart and eyes. Apparently, it, it really helps your eyes, too. Yeah. So, what do you do? Do you do salmon or krill or? I don't know. Honestly, my mom gave me this bottle and uh, she said, because, so she's had heart issues for a really long time. Right. And I know that I'm, I'm getting to that age, right. In my forties where I'm like, okay, I got to start thinking about this stuff. Yeah. And um, so she said this right here and I, I wish I had it right. Just like you had it is, but it's a really high and I'm going to totally butcher this, but it's the EAs or, or something like that, EAH, right? Really yep. super high, right? And you can't find it anywhere um, except through this one brand. I, th- I want to say it's Nature's, whatever it is. But that is, a, so she's been taking that and now she is off and she's been doing that for about three or four years now, according to her doctor. She's now off of her high blood pressure medications altogether okay. just by taking that. And additionally, her cataracts have gone away, disappeared. That's right? cool. And she's, uh, she just turned 75 years old. Anyways, that's cool. This is going to make my wife's day by, <laughs> uh, with the whole ninja stuff, you know, cause yeah. she, she, she's the one who brought it to me and she's like, you need to start taking this. Right. And so I, I email me, I'm going to send you some, these are the little, nice. little ones. Easy to yep. try. Yep. They'll be my gift to you. It tastes <laughs> like fruit punching. You don't yep. not like you drink it. It's just, when you make it a habit, they, they have better antioxidant properties than carrots and yeah. So it's, this is the equivalent of like 20 carrots. They <laughs> did this thing. So uh, it's, and it's a berry from found in China that this man went into China, this incredible story of young living, went into China, negotiated with them, gave them what they wanted, which was usually like a water well or restrooms or something. And then he got access to their unique valley, rich valley and the wolfberry over there in, in not East China, but kind of in the heartland of China is where that's found. Interesting. I call that my focus juice, right? It, I, okay. I, I drink that in the mornings and it helps me focus the rest of the day. Oh, um, cool. And it works totally, 100%. How about that, Eggs? That is what you call some good bowl right there. There were some valuable hacks that they all shared with us. What was your favorite? Well, Chris, there were so many nuggets of wisdom, but one of the things I really appreciated was Derek's honest discussion about the vendors that they have and how they have to be aware of who is within their supply chain. Now, I think that he's got the ability within his family's companies to maybe flex a little bit and and to bring some of that supply chain in-house. And if you've got that capability, that is absolutely amazing to do, but you've got to realize there's potentially some equipment or some individuals that you're going to have to invest in. But the fact of the matter is, is that every entrepreneur that has any type of China or foreign company in their supply chain, they're being restricted right now. And that's a risk that they may have been aware of before, but not really given much thought or much support to. So now they're being they're actually having to do that. So understanding who's in your supply chain, understanding what you can do to protect yourself. That was really, really powerful and valuable to me. What about you, Chris? So I totally agree with you. I think that every person in America since March forward has been thinking about the supply chain and really how, you know, anything overseas, anything is royally messing up. Even things coming from Europe on over is uh, really messing things up, much less China. So I agree with you 100% on that one. I think that mine is easy. 
Robert mentioned that he loved starting his meetings off with high energy and more importantly, something inspirational. I start every single one of my meetings off with me, with my clients, with mm-hmm. internal. Yeah. You know, as we started off with an agenda item as good news, right? There is nothing worse than starting off a meeting on a bad note, in my opinion, and it just kills the entire meeting. So it's so much better to start off with high energy and something that's good in your life. There's got to be something. Everybody's got to be able to find something good in your life. And in fact, all of my meetings start with good news business and good news personal, right? One of each. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a powerful thing. It really is. When when you start focusing on those things versus the bad things that are happening to you, which, you know, in all of this COVID mess, if there's anything that we've learned, it's going to happen. Right. And we just have to roll with it and roll over it, honestly, and just roll past it. That's what I think anyways. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. Chris and I really hope that you enjoyed the part two of this three-part masterclass. And that we hope that you'll actually leave us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbeam, wherever you found us. Be sure to check out our website at aggiegrowthhacks.com where you can hear all of our past episodes. You can connect with us and we'd love to hear your favorite hack and feature you and your business on a future episode. Aggie Growth Hacks was produced by Kyle Ackerman and Ben Wiggins with Podcast Architects. We also want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M University. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a wantrepreneur, head over to their website to find the program that's right for you. Just search up the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship in Google and head over there right now. Well, join us next time when we conclude this three-part COVID-19 masterclass. There's been so much value that's already been given. We cannot wait to share part three with you. Until next week, I'm Greg Martin. And I'm Chris Hunter. Thanks and gig'em.